Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to the 10th. Yeah, this is a special, special episode for us. Big number 10. In fact, Austin, I don't know if you know this. Well, of course you do. I but <laughs> we are preempting our other plans because when we found out or thought about that it was big number 10, mm-hmm. I like the number 10. Two digits. Yeah, and it's a very sound, solid, square number. Oh. And yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. we got to do something special with this. Our episode number 10 needs to be something it's special. It's a landmark. It's a landmark. It's a checkpoint. Absolutely. There's no going back. It's like we're putting the cornerstone in here on episode number 10. Yeah. It's like we're making up metaphors on number 10. We are. Number 10. Triangle. 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 Heart. Finger to chest. Triangle. Love. What Heart. are you talking about? <laughs> Isn't that an Illuminati signet or symbol when they they do a triangle with their fingers and they put it in front of their stomach or down? Yeah, you'll see like uh, <laughs> don't no, go down, not far down, but hey, you know where they make a symbol and then they put it, you know, someplace where it is visible for those that are in the Illuminati or in the know that they know that they are one of the brothers or sisters in this secret society. And it means 10? No. (laughs) No. No, I was thinking cornerstone, which kind of is like, if you look at it from above, it's kind of a pyramid shape, but it's a square unless you turn it 45 degrees on the axis and then it becomes a triangle. or a a, Which axis? The Y. The Y. Yeah. And always ask why. Always ask why. That's right. And sometimes you got to use the X, which is a Roman numeral that means... Ten. ten. Yes. <laughs> See? Full circle. Everything comes back to ten. Always so ten. it is our tenth episode. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do something special for episode number ten. So we decided to do an episode about kindness. Mm, good things. And we're calling this episode A Strange Act of Kindness. And I actually have some stories that are from your sister. And we were talking about how our family, we've received a lot of kindness from people at, at different times in our lives. So I think everybody or most everybody has experienced something unexpected where somebody does something kind yeah. for them or to them. Beyond so holding the door open. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of normal. That's common courtesy. That's what makes it common. We're looking for the strange strange things that aren't expected. Which is strange. We're using the definition of strange that's not nefarious. Mm -hmm. Yes, those of you who are playing the drinking game can now take one drink because I said the N-word. Yep. (laughs) There are a lot of things that happen that are a, a step above the normal just kind things that we do like holding a door letting somebody go in front of you in traffic pay it forward at starbucks yeah you know like you go through mcdonald's somebody paid your breakfast price so you pay that for the person okay okay, you. okay let me let me yeah we're not talking my, about that kind of I stuff i want to give you my philosophy it's, it's on not that, really though. strange okay if somebody buys coffee for you at mcdonald's or, or starbucks or whatever you know the car in front of you and the drive-thru pays for you yeah you're kind of doing them a disservice by, quote unquote, paying it forward. I know. I, I've never liked that either because I it's ex- disingenuous. Yeah, I would accept it and not feel guilted to do something nice for the guy behind me. And then maybe down the road, I'll be like, remember that time when I was down and I got a free coffee? Oh, and that mom yeah. behind us is leaning back, giving her baby the binky. 
in in the back seat and you can just see she's having a rough day that's when you buy somebody a thing yeah you know what you i've do done because it, it's in the line it's yeah. not a chain no. game no because then it's not it takes the pressure comes it mm-hmm. becomes a legal mm-hmm. act rather than an act of kindness yeah uh, like when I buy somebody stuff, if they're behind me, it's usually because my line went faster and I got to cut in front of them in the double oh, yeah. line thing. McDonald's, I always lines. feel guilty yeah. when, when I beat them. I don't. So <laughs> sometimes, depending on who it is and how they react, I'll go ahead and I'll ask what the price is. And yeah. if it's if it's not over bucks. like five bucks or something, I'll buy their breakfast yeah. just to say, hey, I know that I got in front of you and I appreciate that you weren't a dick. So I'm gonna buy your breakfast. A deck. <gasps> Another ten. <laughs> yes. Oh, good job, Austin. Um, this episode's intense. Uh, yes, it is totally decadent. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I, I like that. And I've noticed. Side note, like to our side note, double side note, a double side. When I had that ugly Jeep. Yeah. I would people at Starbucks would always buy my coffee. Really. Probably a couple times a month. Well, and you, now that I have a big truck, people don't do it. People don't do it. That's because people I'm in big guy. big trucks are jerks. And and later <laughs> on in the episode, Amber's going to tell a story about the big jerks in the truck that didn't help her. I'm going to tell a story about it. Big jerks in a truck. He's in a truck. I'm in a truck. Did he have a ten inch lift? No, it was oh, a flatbed. Oh. <laughs> it was a V10. Yeah. Oh, hey, double or V10. Yeah. So this is all about tens. In numerology, tens are very special numbers. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna flood this podcast with tens. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do ten times ten. Whoa! In this podcast, a hundred, maybe. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go ahead. We we've talked a little bit about things that we're not talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, simple acts of kindness. Let's talk about something that gets a little more strange. So I have a story about okay. a strange act of kindness. And, and part of the strangeness isn't necessarily the act itself, but the situation and circumstances nice. around that act of kindness. So um, many years ago, your grandpa, my mm-hmm. father-in-law, uh, before he passed away, had a 1976 Lincoln Continental. Lincoln Continental Town Car, a sedan of size, dignity that moves on the widest stance in the land. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful car. I mean, it's a big boat. It drives like you're floating on a cloud. I mean, it's such a nice car. And when he got sick and and passed away, it got put in a garage. And it was in the garage for like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, a long time. Yep. There's number (laughs) 10. And so when Grandma Terry passed away mm-hmm. and this car was still in that garage, we had to do something with it. So I am kind of a mechanic guy sometimes, more so than a lot of Roxanne's brothers. So they're like, hey, Mike, do you want to try to sell this thing? And I'm like, sure. So I went down and I got it running and it was on rubber, the tires, rubber that's been sitting there for at least two times 10 years. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Two times 10. I know. So I thought, well, you know, they look okay. They're a little cracked, but I'm going to drive it back to our town in Boise, Idaho, which is about 110 miles away from where it was being stored. It's true. Isn't <laughs> Another 110. <laughs> yeah. See, this is like something. Tense. This is like... Uh, this is intense. 
Ooh, it's providential. Providential. Ooh, even better. <laughs> so anyway, I went down and I got the Lincoln and I got it running and I put in 10 gallons of gas <laughs> and then I got, took it up on the freeway and I went up in speed. I started out like at 50 and then I went up in 60, you know, and, and increments of 10. Increments okay. of 10. And I finally got it up in here in Idaho. The speed on the freeway is 80 miles an hour. And I was testing out the tires and the running of the vehicle and everything else. And, and uh, I get up to about 80 miles an hour. And I'm floating along on the cloud and thinking, mm-hmm. man, this thing is nice. It has a velour velvet interior. Yeah. Shag carpet on the ground. Nice. Yeah. Big speedometer awesome. worm <laughs> yeah. that like travels across. The yeah, it does. Yeah, goes. it does. Yeah. It's awesome. So I was driving along and then I get out my window, which is about, I don't know, three times 10 miles away <laughs> from Twin Falls. Not 10 falls. 10 falls. And I'm driving along and all of a sudden the rear driver's side tire blows out boom you know and yeah thank you and and i'm kind of floating back and forth across the freeway trying to get it under control and i finally just get it off to the side of the road Mm -hmm. and i'm like okay no problem i've wondered about this i've got a spare tire in the back i looked it's in there Mm -hmm. so i go and open the trunk and i'm going to pull out the tire and when i put it on the ground i notice that it is flat it has no air in it. So I'm like totally stranded alongside in the like interstate. A boring desert. <laughs> yeah. Interstate. In nowhere, like... right? <whistles> Nothing out there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and it was hot. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I? This is bad. I'm going to have to call a tow truck. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about my friends and, and Who's close who might have and a trailer or yeah. tow truck. And. And while I'm sitting there kind of pondering that, I've got the jack out, you know, and I've got the spare tire out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there kind of thinking about it on the back end of the trunk. And all of a sudden, this this truck pulls over in front of me about 100 yards, you know, 10 times 10 down the road of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pulls, down the, pulls down in front of me and gets off the road. And, and this little Hispanic guy gets out. He's probably about, I don't know, maybe mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Starts walking towards me. So I start walking towards him and he says, hey, amigo, you want some help? You need some help? And I'm like, yeah. I said, I had a, I had a blowout, but my spare tire's flat. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, oh, that's no problem. He goes, I've got a, I've got a generator and a uh, air compressor on my truck. And mm-hmm. man, I can air up your tire. And he sounded like that. <laughs> and he really did. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that would be awesome, dude. Thank you. And. And so I go back and get the tire and I give it to him and he rolls it down to his truck and I hear the generator start up and I'm up, the, I'm down there jacking up the, the back of the, yeah. the Lincoln, you know, and those things are beasts and I'm pulling off the old shredded tire. I mean, it is totally shredded. Totally. <laughs> and, uh, I get done and I pull off the old one. I throw it in the trunk and then I look up and the, the young man is like wheeling down the now aired up yeah. spare tire nice. to me. And he goes, here you go. And I'm like, oh man, thank you. I'll put that on. I'm going to try to get back and buy some new tire in Jerome, which is about 10 miles away oh. from where I broke at. <laughs> yeah, serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird how everything is turning up 10s. How serendipitous when I know. you make it serendipitous. It is weird. <laughs> So, um, so I take the tire and I come back and I, you know, I, I, I get down to the car, the Lincoln where mm-hmm. it's parked and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder where, 
where are my friends at? So I turn around and I see the truck driving away. And uh, I didn't get his name. You didn't have a chance to slip him a 10? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. And it was like, it was like this weirdest deal, you know? Um, it was like out of the blue, I'm stranded there in this, this old car that belonged to my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this guy pulls up and saves the day. And he's not the person that you would expect. Yeah. You know, you could you could run through all your kind of weird associations that you have with ethnicities and ages and and think, you know, that is the last kind of guy that's going to pull up and help me. And he pulls up and not only helps me, but he has all the right equipment. Yeah. Well, he saw a need and he fulfilled it. That's he a, did. That's a sh- great act of kindness. It was a strange act of kindness. Mm-hmm. And then just that he just disappeared. He just drove off. And I never got his name. Anything or anything. Yeah. He didn't want. Yeah. You know, people, sometimes they'll linger, like, hey, maybe he'll give me some cash. Yeah. Or he didn't. He just, he, he like, ran the tire to you and took off. Yeah. And one thing he did say when he was helping me, he goes, yeah, I go, I, I was saying, you know, thank you so much. This is awesome. He goes, yeah, I saw you there. And I thought, man, I'm going to do my good deed for the day. <laughs> nice. And next thing you know, he's gone. He's gone. Nice. Well, it's a genuine good deed. Yeah, it was a genuine good deed and a very strange act of kindness. Yeah. He had to get out of his comfort zone. To help me, mm-hmm. you know, and honestly, I, I don't want to say anything bad about about myself, but you know, I see this truck pull up and this kid jump out, and you kind of have this thought of like, uh oh, you know, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's he doing? Yeah, and and then I I was so convicted afterwards because this was a kid that just had a heart of gold. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it says something like I work heating and air conditioning for quite a while yeah and uh you'd go into houses where they speak they speak english but it's really broken it's really yeah. hard to understand it's not their native language you know and you're like man i just want to get out of here because there's this awkwardness that yeah. kind of fills in not because of their race or anything but because of you know you're trying to communicate yeah. maybe they want you to take your shoes off and you're you're confused you don't know their as customs. to what they're talking about yeah, or what they expect yeah you know, it's hard so you kind of work around that, but it's still kind of awkward. And, mm-hmm. and for somebody just to know that there's going to be that awkwardness and pull yeah. over anyway is even nicer. Yeah. when And they transcend or transcend <laughs> the expected. It's pretty cool. All right. So there's my kickoff little story. I mean, it's not a big one. It's a little <clears throat> one, but, but it's kind of in the right direction of where we're heading with this podcast. Right. All right. I think I can take the cake for strangest. Okay. The strange part. Like okay. Emphasis on the strange and then act of kindness. There was an act of kindness. It there was an act of kindness, but then a capital strange before it. Okay. Capital strange, little case. Okay. Act of kindness, little. Okay. okay. So it all starts out when my, my friend, the Viking, and I get a hankering to go duck hunting. <laughs> duck hunting. <laughs> He's got a little flat bottom boat. I'd say it's probably like mm, not Did quite. Did you use a not, twelve or a ten gauge? Uh, twelve. Okay. <laughs> but I'd say the foot the boat was like ten ten feet. Ten long. foot long aluminum boat. Okay. I don't know. It was yeah. a little flat bottom aluminum boat. You could find it at Cabell's or wherever. Uh-huh. Ten inch sidewall. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, <laughs> we uh, we hop in his truck, drive down to the, the river, and we put the boat in. We, uh, what time did you put the boat? Uh, oh, like four, four, <laughs> ten. It was 
fourteen. Sure, <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> Four ten a.m. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Continue. And uh, we we get the boat launched. We got all our stuff in there, decoys, everything. We we start going down the river. The river's high. Yeah. And the river is fast. Right. And so this must have been like what December, November. Because you're duck hunting. Uh, yeah. When Maybe does that December? start? October? I don't know. I'm not big on duck hunting. It's cold, basically. Stuff. It's when the water is running pretty it, heavy. Pretty high, and it was pretty cold, but it wasn't freezing. Like okay. We were both sweating by the end of the story. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we launched a boat, and we start going downriver because, frankly, we don't have a choice. <laughs> He's got, like, a little 10-horsepower electric motor. Probably not even that, actually. On the, on the boat? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the river's moving. And maybe it's fine when he's in there. But like I said, he's a Two Viking. Two big guys, yeah. We got a picture of Sasquatch behind you. And he kind of looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big fella. I know Viking. He's been mistaken for Sasquatch a few times. <laughs> and I'm and I'm a pretty big guy. I probably weighed 240-something at the time. So yeah. we got this boat with all our gear in it and us... We got it weighed down pretty good. We start going downstream. We find a little spot. And your 10 horsepower motor can't keep up. Yep. And, well, we find a spot. We we duck hunt. I think I shoot two coot, which are like kind of like the, the carp yeah. of duckies. And we end up doing like a little uh, field walking, trying to jump some birds there. I poke like four holes in my waders. But at the end, every time I'd take a step water would squirt out from oh, the, the from the, the from those <laughs> every, from around my boot anyway so you you uh, beached the boat and you walked around on land and yeah and waited around yeah for when we set up decoys nothing okay. happened it was a really slow day we hop back in the boat start heading back up and we're not making any headway like we're just sitting in one spot just motors wrapped out just because the current is so fast and mm-hmm. we're trying to go upstream and it's just not. You're not it's like anywhere. a treadmill, a hydro <laughs> treadmill after a boat. Until your battery runs out. And yeah, the battery starts running out. Did so we, gra- we grab some, some oars, some paddles. So I'm manding the motor and the Viking is paddling. Trying to go upstream. And we're like, oh, we're actually going to make it. How many miles from? Not far. Not far oh, Okay. All. all right. And then we hear, snap. <laughs> the oar breaks. <laughs> And we're like, all right, well, let's... Uh, this is like a joke. Yeah, right? So we are like, we're not going to make it. So we devise this plan. The Viking devises this plan. <laughs> I, I was just going with the flow, like that boat was. But uh, we're going to like kind of pull the boat along the side of the river, because there's not really a place we can get out. Yeah. Like, it's pretty steep right there. It's so you're going to have to wade while you pull? Yeah. Okay, not from In the, the shallow, kind of on the bank, but like... In the water. Yeah, in the water. Okay. We got waders on. Mine's full of water because it's <laughs> the whole... So we're kind of doing like this leapfrog thing where like throw the anchor up and then pull the boat up to the anchor kind of thing. It's not working. Finally, I'm like, dude, let's just see use the last of our battery power to float downriver. The Viking's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So we go down the river, maybe until we find a launch or a bridge, a bridge or something we can kind of like with civilization out out of the (laughs) boat. But it's like walls, yeah, on either side of the river. And we get pretty far down there. I'm like, dude, let's just 
beach this thing on the next property we see. And we'll hike up the property and be like, I'm sorry, we trespassed, but, you know. So, we end up doing that. We actually had a lot of fun. We were laughing the whole time. My phone an got adventure. ruined. It was an my adventure. phone got ruined because it was in my waders. I wasn't expecting to go swimming, just waiting. What kind of phone was it? Uh, Samsung something something. It wasn't an i10? No. Okay. <clears throat> just checking. So, we beach this boat, pull it up onto this guy's property. He's got like a old truck with flat tires sitting yep. there and kind of a little road you can see from his tractor or whatever and a bunch of cows. So we walk across this field through the cows in our waders, get up to the door or get up to the house. And there's this, it's like a weird movie. It's like Deliverance or something. We get up to the, the, the house and there's this girl loading a crate of apples into the back of her car and i'm like excuse me and it scares her and she spills the apples oh no and we help her pick up the apples and we're like hey is there like a somebody here who can give us a ride we had a problem with our boat and we ended up floating way down the river so she's like yeah she goes inside to this little tiny house on this big property and this guy comes out with a wife beater shirt you know like a white tank top and he's buckling his belt on his pants as he's walking out the door. What do you boys want, you know? And uh, we're like, I'm sorry, you know, we ended up beaching our boat at the end of your property. I'm sorry, We, if you could give us a ride back. I know it's a big inconvenience. We'll try to pay you or something. It starts the game of 10 questions, right? Of, you know... Where are you boys from? Are you locals? Are you military? Have you got guns on you? Have you, you know, just <laughs> yeah, giving us the whole ten yards. And uh, <laughs> I think it was he, nine yards, but <laughs> I like ten better. Yeah, <laughs> I rounded up. Okay, so we end up getting him to take us to our truck. He says, "Yeah, hop on the flatbed," because we've got muddy waders on. He doesn't want us in his yeah, nice, nice truck. Yeah. His nice beat up truck. So <laughs> we are sitting on a flatbed truck. Every time that guy would go through a stoplight or a turn, squealing the tires. He would? He was trying to throw us out of that truck. It was the most awkward car ride of my life. <laughs> and, and we get there, and he just passes our truck. Like We're like, yeah, this is it. Pull over. Oh, he goes right, right by it. it. The Viking and I look at each other like, Oh no. Where's he taking us? What is he gonna do to us? He ends up going to a totem pole. What? Sticking his arm out the window saying, Look, a to- a totem pole. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Turns around, takes us to the to the truck. We drive the Vikings truck back to the property. Across the property. Down to the boat. We pick up the boat, because we can't back down to it. We pick up the boat and carry it. Probably weigh like 10 hundred pounds. Put it on the trailer (laughs) and then get out of there. On the way back, we're closing the gates. We're trying to be kind of respectful. Sure. The guy comes over like, what do you boys do? You know, I'm like, I do it. I do heating and air conditioning and he does painting. He's like, okay, well, if I need something painted, I'm going to come after you boys. My brother-in-law needs a new vent for his furnace. So I'm going to, what's your phone number? You know, just going. Yeah. So all this to say. Yes, it was an act of kindness. But it was strange. He did let us trespass. <laughs> he gave us a ride. He showed us a totem pole. 
he let us go back on his property and. Okay, so I want I want to get a better idea of what this guy looked like. So did he have all his teeth? I think I don't think he opens his mouth far enough to find out. To find out, <laughs> did he have? Did he had a wife beater on. Was it dirty or clean? Um, I would assume dirty. And what about his hair? Was his hair like receding, well, falling out? It was like bald, like pretty much crazy, real, real thin, gray, kind of whooshed back, uh, kind of whooshed spots? back. Well, bald spots in between each hair follicle. Uh, but I mean, because they're like that far, they're like an inch apart. <laughs> so there was ten wasn't, centimeters apart. Really, it wasn't a very dense, you know, forest of no. hair on top of his no. melon. Okay, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted Big to see what he looked diesel like. Diesel Dodge flatbed. Yeah, trying to whip us out of there. A new, yeah. like a newer, older Dodge. It was like a, I don't know, like a two thousand four. I've never really understood the whole flatbed concept. I think it's so you can fit things on there that are big. Or hay. You know, you can hay. like stack if you're going out to feed the animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Maybe I kind of understand. So that's my strange act of kindness. That's it's a, it's, uh, it's stranger strange. than kind because I think he was trying to kill us. Yeah, but he, he didn't. He, he didn't, and he showed us a totem pole. So now I know where yeah. a totem pole is. Yeah, and it was kind of him not to kill you. Yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know... Life is weird, and strange things happen, and people get in bad situations, and they have bad things happen to them. And sometimes you just need somebody to come along and do something unexpected. Yeah. And and sometimes it's it's maybe as friendly as a smile or a wave or, hey, go ahead, cut in front of me. I don't care. I'll give you mm-hmm. a spot. Um, it might be something a little more where, you know, hey, man, I know you're tight right now. Let me buy you lunch. Yeah, or, you know. Let me help you with your groceries, yeah. getting them into the car. And and those are all really important, great things. And I think Americans in general are very generous people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's not something that's unheard of. But the kind of stuff that we're getting into now are things that are beyond that. Mm-hmm. Where things happen that are totally unexpected. So I'll tell one of those stories that I think is a strange act of kindness because it was totally unexpected. And it's about my dentist. I know. Your yeah. dentist? My dentist. Your dentist. No, not. Well, okay. My dentist. My dentist. And the thing about it is it's kind of embarrassing in a way because basically what's happened over the last couple years of our life has been kind of tumultuous to say the least. Roller coaster. Yeah. And For you've experienced you some of what that. Tumultuous means. Yeah, we've had we've had deaths in the family. Mm-hmm. We've had sicknesses, illnesses, babies. We've had changes of lifestyle and situation. Um, I've lost a job, got a new job. It, it it's just been really really hectic. Yeah. And uh, I went to my dentist. This was like my third trip in a year, and I don't go to the dentist very often, other than for cleanings. I don't typically have problems but for whatever reason i had a i had to get a root canal and then i had um a bad experience with something else and and then i ended up breaking my tooth and Mm -hmm. then that tooth had to get a root canal and then i had to get a crown and then i had to get a root canal through the crown and it was like this stacking up yeah and and so i went to the dentist and all this was happening while i was unemployed or right after i got fired the bad or, news was tenfold. Yeah, it was tenfold. And and so I was like, oh, 
So we went to the dentist and this was for like one of the procedures and I was still on my old employer's insurance. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew I was going to need this other thing. And so he put a temporary crown on one of my, the broken tooth and said, well, you know, when you get, uh, cause I was going to go into my wife, Roxanne's insurance. Mm-hmm. And when that's done, then we'll do the procedure because you'll have a fresh slate and you won't exceed your deductible. Right. And so I thought, oh, cool. So I got switched onto her dental plan and I come back to do the procedure and I go up and I'm like, oh, okay, so how are we doing? He goes, pretty good. Let me check. And, and the office lady's looking at stuff. And she goes, oh, yeah, I see you have a balance out here of like 900 and some dollars for your root canal. And I'm like, well, I thought that was all taken care of because remember we waited till I was on my wife's plan. Right. And she said, oh, yeah, I remember that. She goes, she goes, I'm sorry, but they had a like a 60-day you know, mm. waiting period before you could get any procedures like that done. And I'm like, oh, great. And then I commenced to tell her about my last two years. I told them about how my mom had died. Told them about how my mother-in-law died. Told them about how we ended up having a new family member unexpectedly. Um, how I'd lost my job in the middle of all the chaos. And I just so, went through the whole list of all the craziness. Not to, like... It was like in conversation. Yeah, right? it was in conversation. It wasn't like, oh, please, my... No. My, 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 my. no. It was like, and you it, know... And it was tempered with yeah. the fact that, hey, you know what? It's okay. I've got a health savings account. It's got plenty of money in it. Yeah. I can pay this. It's not a big deal. And I said, but I've had a basically an H-E double toothpicks year. It was kind of one of those like, oh, yeah, yeah. just add that to the list. Yeah. And <laughs> I was kind of joking about it, kind of yeah. laughing like, you know, this has just been crazy. And so <laughs> I went through this list. And, you know, by the time I'm done telling them all the stuff, and I'm not mentioning all of it, mm-hmm. their mouths were open. They're looking at me like, what is uh, going on with you? <laughs> you know, get away from me. Yeah. I don't want it to rub off. Doctor, wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, you know, I didn't think much more about it. I went back and the doctor did the procedure and and uh, I come back up and I'm going to pay. I've got my health savings card, you know, and I was going to just pay everything. And um, the dentist comes over to me. And he goes, you know, I heard about your year, the last couple years for you. And he goes, you know, don't worry about it. I'm writing off that 900 and some odd dollars. That's pretty cool. I was just totally floored. It was the last thing I expected. Right. Because, well, you don't really expect that from your dentist. Yeah, of all people. Yeah. But, and he's a really nice guy. And, and But I just it just totally caught me off guard because, you know, when life is kicking you in the teeth... When somebody comes along and does something nice for you like that, it changes your perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking for good in humanity and life, you know, can be so rough and it can be so sad. But when things like that happen, it kind of puts things back in the right order. Mm -hmm. It kind of helps you reprioritize and see that. Yeah, life is a big bag of trouble sometimes. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of good things that happen along the way. And so, you know, it was a strange act of kindness. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. Yeah, I like that it was the lady at the front taking the... Sounds like she went to bat for you. Yeah, kinda. she did. You know, and I, I, I could see empathy and sympathy in yeah. her eyes. Yeah. You know, what was really cool about it was when he came back 
and I was embarrassed at first. My no, 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 no. I've got money. It's okay. I, I didn't stepping in. Yeah, I wasn't saying all that stuff to like, right? To like you know get free stuff because you know, people do. People try to use their sorrow sometimes mm-hmm. to get ahead. A little leverage on people. Right. And yeah. I wasn't doing that. In fact, he came back and he said, "So I've heard you had a rough year. So your your mother in law passed away." And I'm like, "Yeah." And I lost my job. So I didn't know what he was about to do. Mm-hmm. And then when he did it, I couldn't even say anything. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. I just kind of froze up for like 10 seconds. And I was like, I was like, no, you don't need to do that. I've got money. He goes, no. He goes, I want to. He goes, sometimes you just need something good to happen to start. Sometimes. Off in a new direction. Yeah. And you know what? That is really, truly what happened. Because shortly after that, I got my job. Shortly after Mm -hmm. that, you know, things started falling in place. And we started the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) You know, things got good. It works out that way. Yeah. So, you know, that was a strange act of kindness. Unexpected, out of the blue, and totally unnecessary on his part. Right. And he did it. There you go. Thank you. If you're my dentist, I don't know if you know... Who is doing this podcast? I don't know if you'll ever be listening to this podcast, but if you ever do, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Thank okay. you, dentist guy. Thank you, dentist guy. You'll be a dentist. You have a talent for causing things. Some be a dentist. People will pay you to be inhumane. Your temperament's wrong for the priesthood. And teaching would suit you still less. Sound be a dentist. You'll be a success. So here's another story. And like I said, we have had more than our fair share of experience with a strange act of kindness. Right. And this story involves my daughter. I had her come over and record this little story. And uh, it was very, very fun. I mean, it was nice to hear, in her own words, um, the impact of an act of kindness for her. And so let's just go to that and let her tell her story in her own words. All right. I have a very special guest this evening. Very special guest. Whose phone chime? <laughs> My dad. Your phone's on Chime? Sorry. It's your maiden podcast and on a strange thing and you've got your phone on? I've been silenced. All right. Well, we have a very special guest tonight who happens to be my daughter. Her name is Amber. Say hi, Amber. Hi, Amber. (laughs) And it is a special episode. We're talking about strange acts of kindness. And Amber, you have to admit, our family has been both the recipient and sometimes the giver of strange acts of kindness. That's true. We're not just strange. We also have a few strange acts of kindness stories to this, share. This is true. Yeah. And you have one mm-hmm. that uh, is very special to you, a strange act of kindness. So why don't you just go for it? Okay. Well, rather than just share, I'm more of a written thinker than uh, just a, a, a word person, like my brother and father. Um, So I wrote about this um, strange act of kindness a few years ago for a nerdy teacher writing retreat. I was going to say you wouldn't happen to be like an English teacher, would you? Oh, possibly. So basically what you're saying is you wrote it down as a short story and you called it 
just in time and just enough. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll go for it. I want to um, hear it. Okay. So, I remember the moment all too well, and it's hard to believe it was nearly six years ago. We discussed it, my husband Andrew and I, and decided this was the next step. The meds from my doctor weren't quite working. He said there was nothing else he could do. After a year and a half, it was time to see the specialist. A friend recommended the same specialist, so the name of this doctor kept arising, as well as many insecurities and questions filled my mind. Was this defeat? Was I lacking faith? Should I be more patient? Was I not praying hard enough for you, God? I realize now that this was not as big of an obstacle as other people have gone through, but man did it tear me up having to learn what just in time and just enough meant. My husband's mind was filled with other worries and questions, more logical thoughts, of course, that morning, and right before we headed down the stairs, he voiced them. I began to cry as he frustratedly asked, How can we afford this? What are we doing? Why did we set this appointment up in the first place? Won't we just hear about all the options we can't afford and be more disappointed? He flipped his hat around backwards and rubbed his eyes with his palms, the way he always does when he's extremely stressed, frustrated, and about to break. I know now that in this moment, he was most concerned for me. When you're at your wit's end and at a loss of direction, wisdom, and even hope, you voice some of your most vulnerable thoughts. We've been at that point for a while now, and we're pretty empty and broken. My one little hope, going to this appointment, was now being slowly squashed as reality set in. We sat and watched the clock. We needed to go. But we also had the bank accounts pulled up on the computer screen. Then, Andrew's phone rang. I'm pretty sure that I was annoyed he chose to answer the phone call. This is Andrew. Oh, hey, Mike. Yes. Huh? And then a long, drawn-out silence as he sat and listened, and my eyes went from his back to staring at our bank info like it would magically change before my eyes, fiddling with my own phone debating on whether or not to call and cancel the appointment altogether. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Andrew hung up the phone, looked at me, and then his eyes filled with tears. But none ran down his face. Not yet. He smiled. You see, that phone call was Mike, the person in charge of the finances for our tiny little church. That very morning, the morning of our appointment, someone called him and was anonymously giving a large sum of money to the family struggling with fertility issues in our church. That was us. We didn't know who, we didn't know why, and we didn't know how they knew in the first place. We still don't know, although we have a few guesses. All we knew was that they asked us to pay it forward in one form or another someday. This was just in time, literally as we were leaving for the appointment. We were able to go to the specialist that morning, feeling that this was not only the next step when we'd question it down to the very moment we were supposed to leave, but that it wasn't going to leave us with a false sense of hope. Even more miraculously, as we sat down with the receptionist and the doctor, we realized now we had just enough to try three rounds. Three cycles, they called it, before moving on to more elaborate and more expensive forms of treatment. Three rounds. That's what we are going to do. Cycle one. Pills. Shots. Blood tests. Ultrasounds. Nothing. Cycle two. Different pills. Shots. Blood. Tests. Ultrasounds. Nothing. Cycle three. The last chance, at least for the foreseeable future. More pills. More painful shots. What is this pain in my back? Blood test. And then there was Elijah now four and a half years old, swimming around on the ultrasound screen. I realize that definitions of just in time and just enough differ. 
that not all stories like mine end with the answers or endings we want, at least not yet. But I believe that if we share our stories and give to others, cry with others, celebrate with others, mourn with others, or sacrifice to show others a strange act of kindness, we learn that just enough may mean something different than we'd planned or hoped. Even if we want to change the circumstances of the now but can't, we can use that to learn, to grow, and realize who we are going to become at just the right time, and that who we are is just enough. Even though that can be painful, you can look back and call it good. I mean, that was kind of sniffy. Kind of sniffy. Yeah, so, nutshell. You're having trouble getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. You have been for some time. Mm-hmm. How many years? Um, I think total it was two years, and we knew it was going to be difficult, so we were able to try medication right away, and it wasn't working, and... I remember, you know, it feels like everybody around you's having babies and people would call and you're happy and excited. And then the next thing you know, you're sobbing in the bathroom, <laughs> even though you're happy for them. And then randomly somebody calls and gives us, I mean, just enough thousands of dollars to, to get three rounds, three rounds to try to have a kid. First one doesn't take. Nope. Second one doesn't take. Nope. Down to the wire on the third one. It's like two strikes. Bottom of the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> Two outs. Yeah. It's your last chance. Last chance. And then we would have to either, our decision was we would probably save up to adopt rather than save up for more expensive forms of treatment. About, about ready to say, okay, must not Different be plan. Meant, must yeah. not be meant to be. Yeah. So then at the last moment, God steps in and voila, mm-hmm. you're pregnant. And then nine months later, Elijah. Elijah's here. Is on the scene. Yeah. And now... Now we have two kids. Four years later. Yeah. You're... Four years later, we have a four and a half year old and a two year old. And for the second one, we didn't have to do the shots. We had to ha- take some medication, but it wasn't nearly as hmm. expensive of treatment for so, our little girl. So totally caught off guard by a strange act of kindness. Totally Fa- caught off guard. Found out about the strange act of kindness... The day that you're supposed to go to the doctor. As we were debating on whether or not we really were going to go. Yeah. So you're, you're about no ready joke. to call up and say, hey, we can't afford this. We're just not going to do it. Yeah, that was not creative liberty at all. That was the true story. That was what it is. No, uh, no enhancement of the actual story. This is raw stuff. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's pretty cool. And as a granddad, I'm so glad. I'm so thankful that somebody took that strange act of kindness Mm -hmm. and that you guys kept believing, kept trying because I've got a really cool grandson. Actually, Mm -hmm. I've got three cool grandsons now and a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a happy guy. They're all pretty cool. So in like the condition, what we were told like through the grapevine was that someday we would pay it forward, whether it was that amount of money or whatever. And we were able to do that too. So Ah. those strange acts of kindness, you know, it's kind of like that pay it forward idea. So you've already, you've already acted on, on that and paid it forward. Yeah. Uh, Can I ask in a similar way or different way? A different way. Different Different way. way. Different thing. Yeah. Different strange act of kindness. Yeah. Well, we don't want to go into what it was because we don't want to give away. Because if you give it away, then it's It wasn't anonymous, but you know. Oh, it wasn't anonymous? No. Did you give it to me? No. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We redid your kitchen for you, don't you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Which is looking really good, by the way. I'm getting a new kitchen. And it's a lot of work, but it's coming along. (laughs) Yeah. This is Mike. I'm just doing a little side record here with my daughter. I'm so happy she came over and shared that story with us. It's very cool. 
I hope you guys are uplifted. You never know when God or somebody is going to step in and be your strange act of kindness. Just in time. Just in time. Don't give up. All right. Taters. Laters. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's good. So that was a really great story of Amber and Andrew and their efforts to have a child and how through a strange act of kindness, somebody came in at the last moment, at the last second, and provided the resources needed that they could actually do these treatments to try to have a child. And at the last treatment, at the last second, it worked yeah it's pretty crazy that it's yeah it's like the the movie setup you know yeah they try they try they try unexpected miracles still a hard time and then at the last moment it's yeah perfect there you know? it is it's great and then they got great kids too Man, yeah and it was such a i i remember living this moment yeah with them and, <laughs> and how they were struggling and the depression and discouragement i think we were in this room when i found out i think so yeah and they they told me and they looked at me funny and my response was so are you gonna keep it or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yeah Trying to be funny. Uh, sarcastic all yeah. the time because it hides my emotions. Yeah, hide it the emotions. A, it was an awesome moment. It was really cool. And it was and cool, too. Yeah. I lived with them through that whole mm-hmm. pregnancy, pretty much. Yeah. And then Ollie came home. I Yeah, it was a weird thing because uh, I yeah. remember buying cigars and some mm-hmm. some Mike's Hard Lemonade or something for Amber. I just remember being struck with how at the last moment, at the last ditch mm-hmm. effort, effort it, it seemed like, you know, a miraculous thing. Yeah. That it, I don't know, it was like a movie. It was. That's what <clears throat> I just said. It's like, yeah. and it was especially cool for me because I actually lived with Amber and Andrew at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got to experience the whole... I mean, not the whole thing. Yeah. But... Well, hopefully not. (laughs) But, like, you know, Amber's getting bigger, and it was this original miracle, basically, that that was such an issue, and then it just evolved into a great thing, and then now she's, you know, she's got a belly, and then it was... And all of a sudden, Elijah pops out. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. I'm here. And Elijah's a great kid. Yeah, he is. He's a... (laughs) He's a goober. Yeah, he's a goober. Mini Hulk. <laughs> Mini Hulk. Mini <laughs> Smash. The whole thing was like, it was surreal mm-hmm. for me. And we were aware of their efforts and their sadness. And and there were a lot of friends around Amber at the time that were having success. And they were having yeah. babies. And she was being happy for them. But at the same time. A she little was, bit upset. Yeah. because Not because of, for them, but just sadness that they couldn't do this thing. Yeah. And then just to see at the last moment that somebody stepped in with this strange act of kindness. And then at the last moment, providentially, God stepped in with this strange act of kindness and, and provided this child for them. It was just a, it was just a really neat it was crazy. time yeah. of life. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So anyway, Amber, I am so glad you shared that story with us. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go on. So we've got, and this is turning into the 
our family a strange thing yeah. act of kindness but you know we're speaking from things that we've experienced and our hope is that it encourages people that at any moment at any time somebody can step in with the strange act of kindness and totally change the trajectory of your life you can only control what you can control and sometimes it takes something outside of your control to step into your world and make a difference. Mm-hmm. And we've all experienced this. When you're at wit's end, you don't know where to go or what to do. And at the last moment, something happens. Sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you truly admire the things that happen in your life. Yep. Think. So sometimes the bad things make the, the acts of things. kindness the best things. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And change your perspective. It's really hard to see, though, when you're in the dark area of your life. Mm -hmm. It's hard to remember that, you know, something good could happen. You're stuck there, and it feels hopeless. Yeah. I know uh, Andrew, who is my daughter's husband, Andrew, tells Mm -hmm. the story about a family. And I also have a story about this family. And it's a simple story. It's like... You know, this this guy walks up to Andrew and he says, hey, you know, I God's telling me that you need some money. So here's 20 bucks. And Andrew says he at that time was flat broke and he was 20 bucks shy of paying his rent, which was already late. Kind of like a whoa. Yeah. Bone chilling. Yeah. And so for him, you know, it was only 20 bucks. But it was a strange act of kindness because it was like, here's this guy saying, hey, you know, I'm hearing God voices and he's telling me to give you 20 bucks. (laughs) And then Andrew's like, okay. And he gives him 20 bucks and now Andrew has enough money to pay the rent. Yeah. So that same guy, and I'm not going to mention their names. I have a story about, and you know this story. I I know this story because it's been told in our little family. Yeah. It's something that's... I don't remember much of it. It's a strange act of kindness that has rocked our world, and that is something for the last 20 years we've carried with us. Mm -hmm. And it starts out that at that time, I was working on a project, and it was a speculative project. I I was not getting money. I was actually trying to raise funds to do this project, and we were 90% done, but not quite there. We had 10%. There's the 10. We had 10% left to go. And we were flat broke. We were out of money. I'd maxed all my credit cards. I had borrowed money from everybody that I had thought I could borrow money from. Mm. And we were short. I had a job offer that I could go and do this job. But after like a year and a half of effort, I had just a little bit left to complete. It's like, I can't just give up on this at the last minute. Mm -hmm. I got to see it through. Yeah. But we had no money. And you, I don't think we told you kids about it because you were, I think you were like six and uh, Amber was about 10. I'd be like, yeah, we'll make more. Yeah. And so we were just like at this moment and my wife and I got in this little argument. Well, it was a huge argument. Actually, it was the biggest argument of our married life. And we've been (laughs) married almost 34 years. And the argument was, I've got to finish the thing. That was my argument. And she was like, don't you care about your family? We're going to starve. We had no money in the bank account. I had no gas. That's or, back when gas was like cheap. A dollar. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> well, it wasn't that cheap then. I'm oh. not that old. Well, you're pretty but, old. <laughs> anyway. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but And your mom's car was out of gas, and I borrowed money from my dad, and um, 
we were just like totally at the bottom and we got this big fight later that day we were all at home and we got a knock on the side door which is weird because usually people have come to the front door under the carport yeah and we got a knock on the side door and we opened it up and it was our friends and the same friends that uh you know had done nice things later mm-hmm. on in life that had given andrew 20 bucks that we didn't know about <laughs> and much later they were standing outside and they had bags not like one but like five six bags of groceries in their hands mm-hmm. and or in their arms and we're like what what's going on and they're like well so- god told us that you needed groceries. Let's let's paint the picture a little bit. Okay. It would have been a a twelve year old maybe. Yeah, the the oldest boy. I don't know how old, and then like yeah. maybe a ten. Yeah. And then a little girl. Yeah. Young, maybe six, and then maybe a baby, or not even a baby yet. I don't know. You know, I think he was maybe two. Okay, so he yeah. was little. So there's like a family, family shows up on the door of mm-hmm. six. Well, there yeah. were six total. Six total. One two, one, two, three, three four, yeah, six. Yeah, good good math. <laughs> Carry the one, yeah. pi. Yeah, pi squared. Times ten, of course. Yeah, equals. And then that's six. Yeah, six. <laughs> so yeah, that's, they, a, that's a pretty crazy thing to see in your carport. So that the sight of these people. I'm in the side door. In the side door. It says, all these, hey, we know you. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. like, I don't know. For me, that paints a picture of just... The whole family and the the side door entrance just seems so personal. Yep. So they we open the door. They come in, all six of them. um, Some of them carrying bags (laughs) full of groceries, and they say, "You know what? God told us that you need these." And we're like, "What?" (laughs) You know, it's not like every day you have somebody who shows up saying, "Hey, I hear from God, and He told me to deliver you groceries." It's not like we were like overly religious or anything. It was totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. But this is something that has kind of characterized their life. They believe that God tells them things and they act on it, which is really cool. Right. So they show up at our house with bags of groceries. And it wasn't just like, you know, like top ramen or something like that. It wasn't like cheap stuff. It was like really good stuff. Like meat, hamburger. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Substantial stuff and candy for you guys. I think you and Amber got candy. Mm-hmm. And then they had that um, bag of gold coin chocolates. It was like chocolates yep. that were pressed into like a coins. coin. Yeah. And they got like little weird two-fold aluminum wrappers. Yeah. Like, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Yeah. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but... No, it's cool because we put them in a special jar and we've kept them. Mm-hmm. Nobody w- would want to eat them now because they're like, they're like probably 25 white, years old and, and gross. <laughs> but there are treasures. They're worth yeah. more than gold for us because it was like this weird thing. We were at the end of the rope and here this family comes in and we hadn't told anybody that we were like in financial trouble. We hadn't said, oh, gosh, guys, help us. We need we need food. Our kids right. are going to starve. We didn't say any of that. It, they just showed up out of the blue. And so they brought the they brought the bags of groceries. And that was one thing. And that was enough. I mean, that was more than we ever thought that would happen. But what was really weird, and this is the strange thing. <laughs> at stranger the, thing. Yeah, stranger thing. So after they gave us these bags of food... Um, they get up to go, and the husband calls over to the wife and says, Hey, come over here and sign this. 
So the <laughs> wife goes over and starts signing this paper. And I'm like, what in the world? What are you doing? What are they yeah. doing? And the guy goes, hey, um, you know, God told me to give you my truck. <laughs> I'm like, what? Are you insane? And he goes, he goes, no, you know, God told me that you're supposed to have this truck. And I'm like, oh, I've got a truck. I actually had a truck at the time. I'm like, I don't need a truck. Why are you giving me your truck? He goes, I don't know. I just feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm doing it. I'm giving you this truck. And so he hands me a uh, title signed over to me of this truck. And it wasn't like a brand new truck. It was like, you know, it was an older truck. It was a work truck. And uh, it was like a half ton. And, you know, it was probably worth about $2,000 at the time. It wasn't like, you know, like a brand new diesel truck, you know. Yeah. But, but it still was like, what the a heck? substantial thing. Yeah. This is so weird. This is strange. What's going on? Why mm-hmm. are you giving me a truck? I have a truck. And uh, he goes, I don't know. He goes, oh. I'm just supposed to do it. Take it. Here, take, it <laughs> take this paper. I'm done with it. I've done my part. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so... So they leave and we're like sitting around and like with all this food. Yeah, like what in the heck just happened? This is strange. And uh, I've got this truck title and I don't know what to do with it. So I leave it there for a few weeks going, what am I supposed to do? And I'm and, you know, in the interim, that food sustained us Mm -hmm. and I was able to uh, finish the rest of the project that I was working on. And then I thought, you know, I don't know what to do with this truck. I'm going to put it up for sale. Mm-hmm. So I put it on, you know, like in the newspaper at the time. And I just put, you know, truck for sale and the price. And somebody called me. And I posted it for like, I think, $2,000. And I wanted seventeen. I figured that was a fair price for the yeah. truck. The day that it listed in the newspaper, I get a call. And it's a guy from an area, which is about you know, 20 miles away. And he says, Hey, I need a truck like this. Um, do you still have it? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he said, can I come look at it? And I said, sure, come on over. So I gave him the address. He came over and looked at it. He goes, you know, what's really weird is this looks like a truck that I I've seen before over in Buell, but which is like 10 miles away. Mm-hmm. There's 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, it's been sitting on this corner lot for like, you know, six months. And I was wondering if it was for sale, but there was so much snow and stuff, I couldn't see it. So I just, I've been noticing it, but this looks like the same kind of truck. And he goes, how much you want? And I said, 2000 He said, well, I'll give you 17 I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So he paid for the truck and took it. So I get talking to the guy who gave me the truck, mm-hmm. signed it over, and he goes, oh, yeah, we had it set, setting on the corner lot in Buell, but the sign had fallen down out of the window, and then it snowed, so I just let it sit there all year. <laughs> That's weird. So the, he the had it for sale. lined up for yeah, you. <laughs> it was already done. It's like future. And then he buys it for me That's for 1700 bucks. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, that's weird. I take the 1700 bucks. It's just enough to pay our bills. And then I took that new job and we moved to Salt Lake on that 1700 mm-hmm. bucks and got into the new apartment with the new job in Salt Lake City. And a swimming pool. And a swimming pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you guys went down there with this. And that's and, the times I start to remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because that's when, I mean, that's when a lot of stuff was going on. Yep. But another thing that's really weird that I found out afterwards, talking to the guy that gave me the truck. 
So he had a business relationship that had kind of gone south with a, another fellow. Mm-hmm. And that fellow was upset and was threatening to sue for a certain amount of money, which happened to be $1,700, which is the value that I got out of the truck. The truck. <laughs> right? And so on Christmas of that year, he received in his mailbox a letter from the guy that he was having odds with. And the guy had said something similar to, hey, it's Christmas. We've had this altercation. I don't want to have a problem with you. I forgive your debt of $1,700. That's pretty cool. So it's like the guy gives me a truck. I get (laughs) $1,700. And meanwhile, this guy, his heart's changing and says, you know what? I'm going to forgive this debt of $1,700 that he believed he had against the guy that gave me the truck for For $1,700. It's It's a strange thing. How do you do it? So anyway... That's the story of this family that just kind of came in at a time when we were like financially destitute and you little guys were there. I don't remember anything except for those little chocolate coins that we've kept. in like a, a sealed tension. Yeah, we have a little, little glass the, jar. The little latch on them. Yeah. I don't know what that's called. And we just put them in there and they're our treasures and we've carried them with us as a reminder Mm-hmm. That at any moment, somebody, someone, some God, something can open up and enter your life and bless you with something that's unexpected at the worst times. Or you can. Or you, you can, can do, that. do that. There yeah. you go. And that's what awesome. that's what we've tried to take with it is that we can be that person mm-hmm. too. It doesn't. It's not just that person that come into our life with all those groceries in the truck. But we can be the person that steps into somebody else's life. So, you know, for those that are listening on a strange act of kindness, you could receive at any moment. I don't know the situation of your life right now. It could be horrible or it could be okay. But somebody at any moment could step into your life and change it by a simple, strange act of kindness. Mm -hmm. Or even better, if you're doing great. You can step into somebody else's life Mm -hmm. that you know that's having a struggle or a hard time. You can be the strange act of kindness. Right. And what an awesome thing to be. It is a good thing to be. And it impacts people a lot. Like a coworker told me a story not too long. Actually, the day that you mentioned to me doing this podcast about Mm -hmm. acts of kindness, he was talking to me about he was at a store and a lady had kind of like overdrafted her card. Yeah. And she had a balance left on her groceries. And that's embarrassing, right? And he just was like, well, you know what? What? Throw the 30 bucks onto my account or my grocery bill. Mm -hmm. I got 30 bucks. And he swiped it. No big deal. And the lady was so thankful. And he kind of walks her out to her car because they're now like, they have some form of relationship. And the lady's so thankful getting into a, a cheaper car that's probably not running good. And, and it's like, sometimes you don't know what you've done yeah, in a good way. Yeah. Know? Sometimes you don't know that you just bought this lady the groceries that gets her kids to school and thriving and having friends. Yeah. Because otherwise they're living on mac and cheese all the time. I have, a, I have another story that's kind of like that. And you, you know this person. So we used to go to this place that was 
uh, well, it was a Chinese restaurant that served breakfast because I love those places. <laughs> and we went there every day for like years. We would go there and that was the thing we did. I think for those of you who have been listening to us for a while, remember my dad going to a place in... Uh, Twin Falls. Twin Falls? Was it Twin Falls? Yeah, or? it was. well, it was Twin Falls. It was called Loogie's. But yeah, yeah. Everything good happens in breakfast places in Chinese restaurants. <laughs> it's a strange act of kindness to go to those places. Yep. It's the Buddha selflessness. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. <laughs> but in this story, it was the waitress at this place. And she was a great person, but she'd had a rough life. Mm-hmm. And she lived in a trailer park. And she had a, a trailer that was sufficient, but, you know, it wasn't anything exceptional. Right. Well, it burnt to the ground. It caught on fire. They lost everything. Trailer she lost her house. Up. Yeah. Her trailer's just quick. It just went up. Boom. On. It was gone. Yeah. And everything she had in her house was gone. I don't remember this. But. And my friend, who I had breakfast with, rallied people nice. together. And in a strange act of kindness, they found a donated trailer house. Oh, cool. In a new location. And within like two weeks, she was in a better trailer home with new stuff, not expecting a strange act of kindness, especially from people that just mm-hmm. patronized a Chinese like go restaurant to a that restaurant served breakfast. She works at. Yeah. And here she is. She's got this new place. And it was such a cool deal. That it was such awesome. a cool deal. And it impacted her life and the life of her husband at the time. Mm-hmm. It was just such a... And there's a big, long story behind that I won't get into right now. But, I mean, that was a strange act of kindness. And I know the guy who instituted it. He's a great guy. He helps everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know who I'm talking about. And he does a continual strange act of kindness, whether it's working on their cars being somebody who goes out and saves and pulls people out of ditches. He's also a law enforcement officer who cares about people and sees people that maybe they're a meth addict throwing up in the back of his patrol car, (laughs) but yet he still sees them as people and, uh, and finds a way to impact their life. And I just, I mean, that's another strange act of kindness that I could talk about. Muster. Yeah. It brings up a cool point about, you know, this particular person. Most police officers in general, being who they are, committing their life and their career to service. Protecting the service. Hopefully, yeah. Police officers, EMTs, firefighters, the act of service. Talk about random, Mm -hmm. strange acts of kindness. The things those people go through is amazing. Yeah, because a lot of times in the news today, all you hear is about the Mm -hmm. one or two percent that maybe does something bad. Yep. And if you guys got stories about... Oh, yeah. You know, this, I mean, we talk about, we want to hear your stories all the time, but honestly, if ever you're going to send us a story, these are the kind of stories we want. If you know of a strange act of kindness that you or somebody you know has done for you, with you, or something you've just heard about, we want to hear about that because we think that sharing these stories has a ripple effect. Mm Mm-hmm. It's an exponential growth of goodness that we can start right here, right now, and other people can join on and make a difference in the lives of people. And there's so much division right now. Go into politics, go into whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's so much division. And, you know, honestly, I'm just sick of it. I don't care. I care about people. 
But I don't care about all these things that divide us. I want the things that make us respect and love each other. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got stories, please share them with us. Just send those stories to my story at estrangething.com. Pretty easy. And, Pretty easy. And any story is a good story. Yep. We'll probably leave names out because... Uh, yeah, a lot of people who do good things like that, yeah. they don't want to be, you know, they're not doing it for kudos. I would rather hear a story about when you accepted a $3 coffee. Yeah. Or... When you were down and out and yeah. somebody did something and, and you don't know who it was. Not to say that we're going to ignore good stories where you help somebody. No, if you help somebody, we could leave your name out of it too. Yeah, we don't yeah. want... We want to hear the impact. You deserve recognition, but you you don't need it. Yeah, if you're the kind of people that we are talking about, then you don't want it. You understand. You understand. (laughs) So let's get to, I want to tell one more story. This is the pinnacle of a strange act of kindness. This is like, could be an indie movie. Yes. So heartwarming. This is just, I I mean, it almost makes me want to cry just thinking about it. A little tear jerky. Yeah. There's a nurse and her husband. And the nurse finds out about somebody who is terminally ill. And this nurse, um, out of compassion and desire and feeling like she has the potential to do something that can make a difference, does something extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Something so extraordinary that is strange. So this person who is dying of cancer, is separated by her family, unable to get there because she can't fly because it would kill her. Separated from her family. Separated from her family because her family lives in the, in the east mm-hmm. and she lives in the west. Right. She's dying across of cancer. Across the continent. Across the continent. I mean, we're talking basically the entire extent of the United mm-hmm. States. West coast to east coast. She's dying. She wants to go home to die with her family. A little bit estranged maybe from her family? Maybe a little bit, but I think like more so. coming here? Yeah, unable financially mm-hmm. to come here. I think the mom was older. The lady that was dying was probably middle-aged, yeah. 50s, 60s. Uh, mom in the 80s, maybe. Uh, maybe siblings that just didn't have the resources to be able to fly out. And so there's this lady who's dying. I, I, th- I believe she had cancer. She's going to die. She knows she's going to die. She can't get home. Um, can't afford an ambulance ride for 4,000 miles across the country. I don't think anybody can. Right? And she's in a hospital and she's dying. And she knows she doesn't have long to live. Probably feels pretty hopeless. Hopeless? On the bottom. Her family in the east is probably hopeless, feeling horrible. They can't do anything. And she probably feels like they can't even come see me, but she doesn't want to. Yeah. I kid you imagine all the the different angles of just emotion. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why am why is this happening? You're on your way out. Yeah. So so you're dying and there's a nurse. Who has this crazy husband. (laughs) And they don't have a lot of money. And they don't have a lot of resources or anything. But they have an old motorhome. (laughs) Have an old motorhome. And then they called it the Rolling Turd. Yep. Chevy Big Block and that bitch. And nothing special. 
middle of winter. Mm. We're talking January. One of the coldest winters on record. Mm. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon. And knowing of this woman's plight, they decide to do a strange act of kindness. See, I'm almost crying. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what they do <sighs> is they outfit their motorhome. Their piece of crap motorhome. They do special things so that they can put a hospital bed in an RV in the middle of winter. And they load up this lady who can't walk in a hospital bed. And they drive 4,000 miles. Or whatever it is, I don't know. Long ways across the country. On their own dime. They don't get nothing. They drive all the way there nonstop. Through the coldest winter, their pipes are freezing. <laughs> um... And they drive. No fanfare, no video, no, you know. Not a fun drive. Not a fun drive. All the way across the country, they deliver the lady, they bring her home. And then they turn around, you know, not expecting anything, and they drive all the way back. Not knowing what's going to happen. They absorb the expense of the drive, the risk of the drive, and everything they do. And they get back, and then they hear that the lady that they drove died in the presence of her family. Mm. was able to be buried there, and she was able to say goodbye to her family and friends in the East. And to me, you know, I think about this, and it's like, it's so emotional because, you know, when you have people that you love and that die, and you think about the people that don't have resources to do the things that they need to do, mm-hmm. and somebody would do that this strange act of kindness and you know honestly that was the reason why i wanted to do this podcast that's that story that kept uh, kind of running around in my mind i'm sorry i'm a little bit emotional <laughs> i feel stupid but um <clears throat> you know that's the way we shall all should be and uh you know this podcast it's a silly thing but you know the highlight of this podcast for me so far is being able to tell this story right. because it means the most. Yeah. And gosh, you know, that is, that's so much better than bovine cattle mutilation <laughs> yeah. or paranormal activity. You know, this is like something that's extraordinary people going beyond what, what normally people would do to do something kind for somebody else. They got nothing out of this. I'm sure they have a satisfaction now. That they were able to help this person in their last moments of their life make connections that they would never have had. And they didn't have to die alone. And bring so much closure to a whole, not just family, but family system. Friends, family, cousins. Yeah, absolutely. Coworkers. Yeah. They don't have to worry. The the impact of of that act on that family is immeasurable. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird. We know these people personally. We do. We it's do. not a story we found on the internet. This is like a a very personal situation. You've got a picture on your computer monitor right now that you took likely yeah. in the presence of those people. They were there, yep. Yep. And uh, those people 
Yep. And they're not perfect people. No, they're not perfect people. But uh, And that gives me hope because that means that I can be that kind of person because they're not perfect. I mean, they know. They're, they're screwy in a lot of ways. Yeah, they have screwy sure. kids <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yep. Just like we have screwy kids in a lot of ways. Oh. And you've heard some of those stories about our screwy kids tonight. Uh, but maybe we could use this platform for the few people that are listening to do something Extra special, a strange act of kindness for somebody. Keep your eyes open for it. It's there. There are people all around us every day that need a strange act of kindness. It can be a little thing or it can be a big thing. To yeah. put it in perspective for maybe you. Oh, gosh. It's Imagine me. losing your mom and then having some wackadoodle from your mom's hospital. Deliver your mom. Drive your mom across the country to you. So, see, I think that's why across the state would be across the country, but across the whole country would be. We're talking days on the road. Days on the road. It's easy for me to think about when my mom had cancer and was dying. Mm -hmm. I can put my mom in the place of that person that was dying, and if I didn't have the resources to be there or have them come. You know, the impact of what it would mean to have somebody deliver my mom right. so she could die with me. Gosh, that's why it just kills me. Mm-hmm. It just kills me. You know, you're sitting here watching me have tears roll down my face. And, and he doesn't cry. I'm the crier guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big cry guy. I'm the one guy. that tears up about everything. Yeah. But he doesn't cry very often. Every He's time I think about this stuff. story, I, I, I get teary because my mom died of cancer in that similar way. And uh, I just know what that would have meant to that family. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so thankful that there are people like that in the world. So anyway, let's close this out. We want to close out on a high note. This is good stuff. This isn't sad, sorry, sad stuff. Yeah. This is good stuff. If you focus on anything, don't focus on the, the death. Yeah, think like, about what focus. you can do think for others. The good things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got a coworker. His name's Jake. Every day almost. He sees me and says, can I buy you a soda or something? Yeah. I'm going to the break room. It's that simple. And yeah. it, it's like one of the smallest things, but it means a lot to me. And I, I haven't accepted mm-hmm. it yet because I don't drink a lot of soda. But it's like, yeah, I have one you of those know what? I want to accept it because, man, you're a good person. And you, <laughs> I want to buy you a soda now. I have this crazy middle-aged lady that drives me crazy at work on purpose. Her name is Terry. Hey, Terry, how you doing? I know you're a listener too, but I just got to say, I I value so much just her interaction with me and just, you know, she, she gets me things once in a while. She brings me little treats or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's just so nice. She's one of those strange act of kindness people. And I just think that's great. And we can each, all of us can be that kind of person for somebody else. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just somebody opening the door for somebody or maybe letting somebody Mm -hmm. have space to cut in in the line of traffic when they're trying to get over. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Not those people, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but really a strange act of kindness could be that simple. I had a great time telling you these stories, even though I'm a little emotionally verklempt right now. I think I'm going to go have to have a beer or something. (laughs) It is the weekend, right? And uh, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great month, a great year, a great life. Mm -hmm. And keep being strange. Keep tuning in. We're going to get back to our normal weird stuff here next time. Yep. 
next time not we're gonna next get back. week yeah, we don't we're... have that kind of time that's right unless you guys want to do a random act of kindness and pay us a ton of money yeah a ton of money <laughs> that would be a random act of kindness yeah, and we uh, mind it <laughs> and if you can't do that just send us your story we'd love to hear your random acts of kindness i think i just belittled the entire episode i think you, I did. I, you did. that's not my point yeah. ignore what i just said yeah give us a random act of kindness and forget what austin just said yep. yeah on the other note though do remember to review us yes do remember to subscribe do remember to give us stars or hearts or whatever yep. is and, on whatever and tell your friends and tell your friends yeah you know go crazy with it we want to have fun and uh yeah like shaylee the pizza hut lady shaylee the pizza hut lady I has giving us call outs and telling her friends and terry i know you're telling people about us and and you know that's the best way to go and Word to shaylee's special friend let her buy the beer glass it's got our logo etched into it. it's great yeah oh hey which by the way i i don't know when you're listening to this but check out our online store we have beer glasses we have shirts we have coasters we have stickers, stickers. i'm going to try to put those up this week mm-hmm. so if you if you check look it at later. it right now and it's not there it's because you are an early adopter and you listened early so stay up really late and just keep refreshing the page <laughs> until yeah. it's good or check out the next week or something, oh, yeah. do something. Yeah. so do something until right. then though guys thanks a lot have a good week so join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversation. Sounds good. Taters. Taters. Taters.